right, everybody. That is right. It is the Sermon on the Quack. Is that good? I don't know. It's uh, the, the Chapel of Quack is what I went with originally. I, I think I like that. It's it's the Chapel of Quack is what it's is called. I, I got to turn down this organ music. This is terrible. Uh, I went with the uh, the old boring kind of chapel church music as if there's any other kind i mean there's gospel that's what i would be playing if this was an exciting win or a competitive game or not just a merciless beatdown. but no it was that and so i got this boring uh boring church music here at the ready now that was a rough one, Duck fans. Uh, that was absolutely brutal. <laughs> the Oregon Ducks, they lose to the Georgia Bulldogs 49-3. Uh, let's, let's throw some acclaim to the Georgia Bulldogs just to make it sound slightly not as bad. Um, the national title uh, defending Georgia Bulldogs, who had a historic defense... Uh, absolutely one of the best defenses lost, or they had five of their starters, I do believe, on defense taken in the first round, 15 overall players into the NFL last season, but they were able to immediately reload with taking only just one transfer, which shows how good of a program Kirby Smart has over there. Uh, very enviable. And yeah, they look ready to go if that last game was any indication. Now, um, this is kind of this is for all Duck fans. I'm going to start doing these every Sunday morning. Just a really quick kind of a few notes, if you will. The Twelve Quack Commandments is that something? No, that's bad. That's that's a bad pun. My Twelve Quack takes. I don't know. If you throw quack in there, it's not a pun, right? But that's what we try to do. We try to jam it in there. Um, so I got 12 of these, whatever you want to call them. Let's call them uh, quack commandments. I don't know. 12 takes. Quack takes. I'm going back to quack takes. 12 notes, if you will, on the previous game yesterday. And uh, we'll get through these. We'll give a Hail Mary. We'll get the hell out of here. Now, the first one is damn that was a historic beatdown absolutely historic now for georgia i mean not so much they've been just decimating teams <laughs> unlucky enough to go to the state of uh georgia and play them in a game uh we all know that was basically a home i mean that was a home game we, there's no basically about it that was a home game um and they treated it like such they beat us 49-3. We have, it's been since November 4th, 2017, since we've played a game in which we have not scored a touchdown. Um, guess, guess who that was against? That's right, that was the game I was at, personally, up in Seattle, Washington. Braxton Burmeister out there trying his best, but all we could get was a field goal. Pretty similar feeling games, pretty similar feeling games. Uh, I mean, that game was closer at the half, maybe. But, um, and then the this is also the most lopsided loss since October 8th, 2016 against, you guessed it, the Washington Huskies. Oh, I don't like bringing up either of those games, but there you have it. So the, it's been a while since we've been beaten this badly. I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good thing. Let's get to number two, shall we? 
Bo Nix and his picks. Now, only the most delusional Duck fans, such as myself, were able to completely ignore all the uh, criticisms of Bo Nix, which even in the criticisms would usually include a little bit of like, well, but he does, he can make some plays. You know, he does have some good arm talent. Um, every once in a while, he can really show up. Not necessarily in the biggest of games, but, um, you know, he, he has shown some talent. You get why, why Power 5 programs with some real history have started him. Uh, that being said, obviously it wasn't his best game. It was his fourth loss to Georgia's fourth and final. I don't, I don't think we're seeing them in the playoffs or any bowl game. Honestly, God, I hope not. But he finishes 21 of 37, 200, oh, no, 173 yards through the air, two interceptions, zero touchdowns, as we know, uh, eight carries for 37 yards, and a running uh, long of nine yards. Hmm. Um, yeah, Bo Nix. It was really tough, I think, because those two interceptions, too, were right when the offense was having the smallest amount of success. You know what I mean? We were driving down the field. We were converting on a surprising amount of third downs early on anyways um, until they were really able to lock down on us when we were getting more desperate. But that first interception, I mean, and, and it was right after we earned that first down uh, on the ground. It was nice. I mean, how, how often have we complained with Cristobal? It's like all you're doing is trying to, you know, be bully ball. All you're trying to do is muscle down and... and, and we want you to take some shots, especially when, you know, the after we've built some success and after they may be expecting the run more, especially on a first down. And so that was nice. <laughs> it was nice of him to, to take the shot, I suppose. Um, the receiver really wasn't in a position, you know, in the end to get it. Uh, the defensive back made an amazing play. To pick it off and the throw could have been better it could have been a little further you know out where only the receiver maybe would have gotten a better chance at it but i like the decision to throw i like i mean bonix is not lacking in confidence uh to attempt that throw and so that is nice however yeah it didn't work out for us that second one however i think is really where critics of bonix where it's really started popping up where it's like it's not so much his ability that is uh sometimes coming into question though you know he's not the highest level he's no stetson bennett um it's more of his decision making ability you know, or more like, imagine you are playing NCAA football, you know, I'm talking about the actual Xbox game or PlayStation game. And sometimes you're just like, oh, why, why did the hell did I just hit X? Well, that guy's not open. What the hell was I thinking? That guy is not open. There was some moments, specifically that second pick where Bo Nix felt like me, you know, high on the couch, not really paying attention to what buttons I'm pushing. I'll say that much. That being said, you are a fool if you are saying, oh, if only we had, you know, um, Justin Herbert or better QB. If only we had Ty Thompson out there, then we could have won this thing. Nah, -uh. not, one, not one single player is making it. So this is, in my opinion, even a competitive game. Uh, 
That being said, Bo Nix, he's got some to improve on. Luckily, he won't be playing against the Georgia defense all season or at any point of this season anymore. The defense can't hurt you anymore, Bo Nix. At least not this particular one. All right, let's get to the next one. And that is whoop, running back committee, running back committee. We saw just about every damn running back in this game for Oregon, which was kind of cool. Um, all of them were about as successful as all the other ones, which is not a good sign. Uh, I mean, so we started it off with a lot of marquee serving, um, which was interesting. We didn't know who was going to get the start. I know a lot of people were thinking Byron Cardwell just because, you know, he, he's had the most kind of time in the system. We're, we're, most, we're most used to him, certainly. And uh, instead we got Marquise Irving, who I will say, you know, he had those two dropped passes. The first one, it's like, who knows what have, what have, what would have really happened if he would have caught that one. He was probably still about to be, you know, lit up. <laughs> but... It would have been nice. It would have been some extra yards. And then, amazingly, that drive did not just die immediately. It continued. And there was one later where mm, that, I think that was on, you know, it hit your hands. You could have gotten it. Could it have been a better throw? Sure. But uh, it, it certainly could have worked out. That being said, um, I didn't think Noah Whittington was necessarily bad, uh, the, the running back from Western Kentucky. And it seems like Carlos Lachlan likes him. Seems like, uh, you know, Kenny Dillingham likes him. If if he got enough to start, you know, the confidence to start against Georgia. Um, other running backs, I mean, I mean, they all felt pretty similar. Uh, Noah Whittington had some really good ones, too. Um, Sean Dollars got some time in there. Byron Cardwell. I'm not sure Irving getting the start, if that necessarily means... He is RB1, especially, I mean, after this performance, I don't think anyone fully, you know, emerged as the true number one starter. And maybe, I mean, since this is such a huge game, I'm not sure if we should assume that we're going to have one running back that we're really relying on. It seems like we got plenty of ones and we got uh, plenty of running backs who have different, you know, fortes. Uh, so, yeah, I mean... The running game, I, <laughs> it's funny. You complain about Chris Paul, and then you're like, I wish you would have ground out that running game a little bit longer, you know, just to get rid of some more clock, have a few less, uh, a few fewer um, Georgia touchdowns. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, liked, every, I liked seeing them out there because they're, they weren't the ones necessarily doing a bad job. Uh, they were stacked up against some pretty tough competition. Let's go on to this next one. Georgia offensive domination. Dear Lord. They got, I mean, we've been talking about their defense nonstop. Everyone has. Hold on, let me get this thing out of my eye. Everyone's been talking about their defense uh, and how they were reloading, but... You know, they were still on track to be an amazing defensive team, maybe a step down, but that would still be, you know, quite possibly good enough to just repeat, get another national championship. Well, their offense is also, in my opinion, only after one week against my beloved Ducks, also national championship caliber. Oh, yeah, I think so. 
I think they are they are great, uh, especially with their amazing tight ends, including Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers. Whoo, Darnell Washington, way he was shedding tackles, scary stuff. And you know that's partially a week one uh, duck defense that was having trouble tackling all last year too, and that's partially damn those some big boys, some big Southern boys. Now. Uh, yeah, Stetson Bennett, 25 of 31. In the first half, he was 18 of 21. Basically perfect. I mean, you know, a couple of those were just throwing the ball away to, like, the right decision. He was perfect. For 254 yards in that first half, he finished with 368 yards, which is a career record, uh, two touchdowns. He could have had more. He could have had more because his backup, Carson Beck, the sophomore, who also scored a touchdown, who was 5 of 6 for 71 yards. I'm glad we could give him good practice, you know. That's kind of what we were there for, is uh, Georgia practice. Uh, and then, actually, uh, yeah, Kenny McIntosh, their running back. Ooh, nine receptions for 117 yards. Yep, that's a running back. Five carries for 18 yards and a touchdown. Whew. Whew. Their first seven drives ended in a touchdown. Yeah, our offense, even if they were like peak performance, even if this was year two of Dillingham, uh, they weren't going to keep up with that. Mm-mm, that's too much of an ask. Seven straight touchdown drives from the Georgia Bulldog. And then we forced a punt. That was the highlight defensively for the Ducks, is a very late uh, forced punt. (laughs) Yeah, against their twos. And then it was the end of the game. Uh, Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. That makes me sad. Let's get on to the next point. Jamal Downhill, as in Jamal Hill, as in, um, yeah, a hard-hitting, a hard hitting guy safety that just <sighs> he finished with a lot he finished with 11 tackles nine solo a lot of that you don't want a defensive back to be your number one tackler typically because that means they're actually you know barreling through pretty pretty easily be nicer if it was a linebacker even a defensive lineman that's insane but linebacker would be nice instead jamal hill really had to clean up a lot uh, it's not like he was perfect, but he was he was helping take out the trash, I'll tell you that much. Um, and the way they were shedding blockers, like, it took at least two duck touches to take down every single Georgia off- or offensive player. And Jamal Hill was usually that second hit, uh, second hit. So, hey, I guess I'm glad he was there. Glad you're there, buddy. Oh, boy. Let's go to the next one. No comma six. That's supposed to be number six. Oh, but I'm off to. It's week one for me. What does this mean? Does it mean pivka di di? Kind of. What it really means is, I got it all here. Punt, interception, interception, field goal, downs. Punt, 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 downs. That is every, every Oregon offensive drive right there. That is sad. That makes me very sad. Yep, I want to cry a little bit, but we must go on. Look at that. Ooh. You can't be more dominant than that. You could have stopped the field goal, I suppose. Which, shout out to Camden Lewis. 
let's give a fucking shout out to fucking Camden Lewis because he gets a lot of shit. But guess what he did? He had a field goal. He scored our only. He scored a hundred percent of our points because that's what he does. Hopefully not. I hope other people. <laughs> I hope other people score too. Let's go into the uh, offensive play of the game. Another sad thing. Noah Whittington, eleven yard run on second and eleven. Mm. In my opinion, that was the play of the game. That that was the last time I had hope uh, in that game. I think when we converted that. It felt like, hey, we're actually moving things. Maybe we're going to get something. And then this is the second drive, of course. So Georgia had already scored on us. We were down 7-0. Um, we get that second at well, First, Noah Whittington, he got a loss of one yard. Then he picks up 11 yards. Just boom, just like that. But then, uh, oh, no, and then we, we, we got the ball. We're continuing. We go down. Uh, Byron Cardwell gets some carries. And on third and second, we convert. With a four-yard Noah Whittington run. So this is the drive. It feels like something. We reach the Oregon 37. We're almost at the halfway point. We're almost at midfield. And then that's when we get that Malachi Starks interception. Mm, that's when things started to go sour. Speaking of sour, our pass rush. It was almost there. It got through. It broke through quite a bit. But it was always seemingly right where Georgia wanted us to be. A lot of a lot of big men, you know, a lot a lot of doorless, a lot of linebackers, Sewell, uh, running straight through the line, getting near the quarterback, and then Stetson rolling out in the perfect way he needed to, and boom, converting deep downfield. Yep. Which makes which makes me think, I mean, this is the best offensive. This is the best everything we're going to see all year long. This is the best best offensive line. We were getting through it. Um, that being said, we were not not pressuring Sutton Bennett at all. He was cool as a cucumber out there. He was cooler than than Kelly Graves on the sideline. You know, uh, he he was just yeah. Um, cause there was no pressure. I mean, the one pressure was, uh, flow <laughs> lit him up for that penalty. Um, he, he flow did get the one tackle for a loss, not that play, but that's the one tackle for a loss we got. Um, and otherwise we were in the backfield, but, it, but he, they always made something out of it. And again, that's just, that's the, that's more of a plus on Georgia. A lot of Pac-12 teams, if we were back there, like, getting back there, the play is probably dead. And we're definitely converting at least some of those in the sacks and some of those in the tackles for loss. Damn, I can't wait until we play a mortal team. That'd be really cool to not play, you know, the gods of college football. Let's get on to the next one. Sorry, I shouldn't take the Lord's name in vain. Sorry. Sorry, Phil Knight. Sorry for night. Love you. Let's get to it, shall we? On to the next one. Where the fuck am I? I'm lost. Just like all the Oregon pass catchers against Georgia. Here we go. Penalties. Hey, you know, uh, I didn't write down all the penalties because, again, I got too depressed. I was looking for cookies to bury my shame in instead of the pen. Now, 
I know three of them at least were false starts. I'd probably guess a fourth one is a false start. I want to say two of them um, were against Malasala, Amavilalu, who did miss some time, you know, in practice. Uh, maybe that would have helped, but I think it's just the pressure, dear Lord. It's, I mean, these are huge stakes, dude. And then uh, Jones, I know, was the other one at one point. The another penalty was flow, which was nearly that targeting. Thank God, I'm so glad that he wasn't out actually, because I want him to get the practice time. He didn't get much practice time last season. He's a great player. Yeah, and I forget what the other penalty was. Probably just some kind of dumb fuckery. If we could have given, yeah, I think we were given a dumb fuckery penalty just for fucking around. <sighs> Sorry, this is this is that kind of cool church where we curse. This is the kind of church where you go down to the basement we got a bunch of video games for the kids. Yep. Battle of third down. Now here's the smallest bit of silver lining I can possibly give you, Duck fans. In the first half, when it was still competitive, before halftime adjustments, before we were in panic mode, um, hey, you know, on third down we were doing pretty well. <laughs> we were 5 of 7 on third down. That includes two interceptions, which, you know, took place while the drive was going. They did not need to happen. Uh, I will say a better QB, a calmer QB, would have had those drives continuing. I don't think we have a better or calmer QB, so, I mean, that's a moot point. But we were 5 of 7 in that first half. We finished overall 7 of 15 on third down especially uh, in a lot of the success, the two successful third down plays in the second half were late in the game against Georgia's amazing bench, which would probably still win the Pac-12. What do you all think, listeners? You think Georgia's bench would win the Pac-12? I think so. Uh, yeah, meanwhile, Georgia, holy shit. Again, as perfect a game as you can play. Just about. They, they let that feel. They should have blocked that. Camden Lewis field goal, but he's too damn good. Uh, yeah, Georgia went 5 of 5 on third down in that first half, and then they went 4 of 5 on third down in the second half. And that fifth one was when we forced the punt on their fine, their second to last, their penultimate drive. Basically, the highlight for us, that final drive for Georgia, where we stopped them, I guess. God, I'm depressed. Let's get on to the next one. Georgia good, Oregon bad. Now, uh, duh. But what I would like to know, well, the reason why I wrote this, because what I'm interested in, what I bet a lot of you are interested in, is I want to know how good Georgia is. Well, no, 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 no. I don't really give a shit about that. <laughs> They're probably going to win a natty. I'm not watching SEC football. You can't force me to do that. I'm watching Pac-12 football like God intended me to. By God, I mean Larry Scott over here. I said Larry Scott. I'm so sorry, Phil Knight. I got Larry Scott in the mind. I called. I am so sorry, bro. Oh, I'm about to get fucking sued so hard. About to get black bagged. I'm gonna find my ass in the ten feet buried under under Knight. Uh, I don't know. Under Knight's house. Is that where he puts his dead bodies? Probably not. That seems like. That seems like a. Chump billionaire move. You got to put the body somewhere else. Anyways, I want to know how bad Oregon is. I want to know 
if they'll get better when they're not playing damn Georgia, who's an A-plus in every category, absolutely every category. I want to know what we look like when we play Eastern Washington. Now, because we've seen, this is, I wouldn't say we saw our floor, because it truly could have been worse. We could have had more turnovers. We could have been fumbling the ball. We could have had more, I mean, we could have had special teams blunders, which we didn't really, you know. We weren't like UCLA out there. <sighs> we, we could have had zero yards offense. Um, it could have been worse. And we could have a far worse showing, but the result will probably not be as bad against the most of the teams we'll be playing in the future. Pac-12 is not the best conference. <laughs> Newsflash, if you didn't know that. A lot of these teams really struggled. I mean, Washington State, they, they barely eat Idaho. They barely beat Idaho. Uh, UCLA struggled quite a bit in the half. Um, I mean, you, you can go on, on and on. I'm not saying that there's a Pac-12 team that can't beat us, because I think any of them, you know, who knows? Stan Lanning's first year. We're more talented than a bunch of them, but talent only goes so far. But I am so excited to see what we look like going against mere mortals. Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington, can still, I mean, they're still a good team. They can, they're going to really challenge us still. We could lose to Eastern Washington. If we fuck around and find out, we probably won't. But, you know, it could be like when we played them with Vernon Adams Jr. where we looked immortal and it and you're like, okay, this is this is exposing some flaws here. But I think this butt kick, I don't know. I imagine it's gonna light up quite a few competitive players. I don't think we're out of this thing. We're ducks. We're going to bounce back, and I'm excited to see what we do with our talent while we're learning. We just got a huge learning curve, hoping to pick it up. It's like that first week of college when you're just getting your ass kicked. Hopefully we, we wisen up against Eastern Washington and against BYU, who has a pretty mean offense. No Georgia off. I mean, we've already gone against possibly the best is the nice thing. It's not going to get worse. We did it on the road in a hellish environment. We're going to be in Eugene for our next two games. This is huge. I'm excited, which leads me to my last and final point. Go Ducks. Go Ducks. Can I get a go Ducks? Can I get a go Ducks? I'm going to play that shitty church music to play us out. Maybe in the future, I'll find some more uplifting, listenable soul music in the future if we deserve it. If we a win, but until then, I'm playing this funeral music here. Oh, listeners, give our ducks a prayer. We got some potential injuries we saw out there. I know uh, Coda seemingly got injured. Basa, you know, Popo wasn't out there. Hopefully, he can get a get a, a quick recovery. I'm not sure about the status of these players yet, but if there is a God in heaven, which I kind of doubt. Um, or if there is a Phil Knight in Austin Stadium, then the Ducks will one day win a national championship. Can I get an amen? Can I get a go Ducks? Can I get a fuck? I hope it's easier in week two. All right, y'all. We'll see you later. This has been the Chapel of Quack. And I have been uh, Chapman Chimeo. Yeah.